0: Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Before we get started, I'm asking for donations to keep my show free of ads and interruptions and provide the best quality information out there. There is a link in the description below. And again, thank you so much for supporting my podcast and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpot, providing you inspiration, information, knowledge, and motivation to help you on your soul's path covering topics related to health and happiness from the mystical to the metaphysical and everything in between, making the unknown known. Now let's join the podcast to discover today's topic. And we are recording. Hello, Nelson. How are you? Good afternoon, Michael. How are you? I'm doing really well, and uh, I'm really happy that you uh, found the time to, out of your busy schedule to talk to me today, because we have a lot to talk about, a lot of amazing, interesting things that you do. We're going to talk about trauma relief therapy, NRC psychology. Uh, we're going to talk about PTSD, anxiety, depression, the whole thing. So this is going to be an amazing podcast, guys. You're going to learn a lot about yourself, some techniques and things, uh, what Nelson does, um, and also going to find out a little bit about Nelson's story. So how did you get, become... You know, working with trauma release therapy.
1: Well, um, I'm an experiencer of early childhood trauma, um, and, uh, uh, and and I have overcome depression uh, a few years back, and the result was it, it more it more happened more so I think uh, later on in life when I was around 37. Where I had gone through about 15 years worth of doing the same thing, which I've gotten very good at, which was essentially more to do with sales and consulting. But um, uh, I guess depression just sort of blindsided me, and I wasn't really quite motivated and inspira- inspired by life um, much anymore. I had a family, like a healthy family, you know. Home. I had everything that a guy could ask for, a supportive wife, very loving, um, you know, very tolerant of my uh, idiosyncrasies. And uh,
0: <laughs> that's always. Um, that's
1: always a- yes, exactly. And yeah. um, and so when I got hit with depression, I just felt like I just didn't have any energy and um, I couldn't move out I, of I bed. I just I couldn't engage with my family. It was terrible. And um, I got to a point where I, um, months had gone by and I couldn't really function properly. And so I, um, I, 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 I did what any guy would do. Like, you know, I'm desperate at that point. Um, I prayed, I go, if this is what it takes, cause I'm not Catholic, even though I'm born and born and raised Catholic, I, I don't practice. So I figured, okay, let's pray. And I, I, I use a lot of emotion and, um, and I, and I cried, uh, I, I want to live my life. <laughs> Tell me what I need to do. And I got hit with a vision and, um, and it was more of just a reminder of uh, the question uh, who are you who do you think you are um uh, and uh i decided to pursue uh, that whole component at two o'clock in the morning and and um I, it's saying oh you're you're being summoned to be uh awake. and i go it's two o'clock in the morning i'm awake <laughs> so i um, talking about exactly and um and so i i went to understand what that was all about and i've read some books on uh, spirituality that had to do with um, to do with the uh, Someone by the name of Robert Shapiro, who would be called, uh, considered a sh- uh, shamanic healer and/or channel in uh, Arizona, and uh, explained a lot to me. And okay. then I uh, researched uh, Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now, and I thought, let's go to a, let's go to one of his retreats and found out what the cost was. And I said, I can't do that. So, and then I went to another one in uh, Orangeville, and uh, that's where I learned the process of the unloading and i found wow okay this is this is working for me and i awakened and uh and i had a very spiritual out-of-body experience um with nature and felt the, the connection of all that is um through the trees and the root systems and so on and so forth and um and then i i exited the that uh, place and i uh, felt like a brand new person and uh my wife says had, my wife asked how are you feeling i go i feel like a woman trapped in a man's body Um, And what that meant was I was actually now more in tune with the divine feminine within me, which was the ability to open up to emotional states, become more emotionally intelligent, become more open and allowing of other people's fields and how they were feeling and, and to be more in tune with it so that I could actually address what their needs were. So after that, I decided I wanted to, you know, experiment with Reiki because I figured it's a healing modality. I'm interested in helping people do what I was able to do if they wanted to. And um, it led me down the path to that. And I felt that there was more to it. There was a prying need to say, hey, uh, there's more There's more than just support. We need to start addressing things that are deeper here because was, there was a pulling to go there. And I found Dr. Brad's um, emotion documentary. We explored it, went to go see him in Arizona and uh, found the modality. I saw the presentations live on Stage saw the immediate benefits for people that had really severe nervous uh, issues or issues regarding um, self-confidence and self-empowerment, and um, and I I bought in. I said, okay, this 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 feels good, and my emotional authority was saying, yes, this is a safe practice to go with, and it's easy for you to learn, and um, but you need to understand more about this stuff. So I explored emotions, psychology. More so. And as I was certifying and working with people, I, I, I was experiencing um, profound results from the people that I was serving, um, people that had pains for years and years and years that the doctors couldn't diagnose. We found out that there was trauma buried. I, I, I guided them through the release. They didn't feel pain afterwards. So, um, and consistently um, throughout that period, it did not return. So, um, I knew that, uh, that I had something. And Dr. Brad had something. And uh, since then, I've been practicing this modality and I've been expanding on it. And it's been a wonderful empowerment, empowering, inspirational, motivational. Uh, let's just say that I don't have that issue regarding that weight on my chest. that keeps me in my bed. Now I have this spark that sort of jumps me out of bed uh, yeah. every day. And that's, yeah. and that's really what life's all about is finding out that spark that lights you up. And my life theme is consciousness. And so um, I find that... Um, if I can uh, raise people's level of consciousness, then I am actually doing my work and I feel like uh, I can do this for the, till my last breath.
0: Yeah, no, that's really important too. It's, it's amazing how the journey goes where I think a lot of us and a lot of people out there listening, that's why I was very excited to have you on because I think a lot of people are out there right now, they're in that, they're kind of in this purgatory state where, you know, we've all been, uh, we've all battled depression at some level. I know I've, I've been battling it for years And to go through that process and through my own traumas and just uh, my own experimentation with uh, working with my emotions and figuring things out and getting healing and stuff like that. But I think a lot of people are out there right now, especially with this whole COVID thing right now, losing their jobs and people are going to depression. It's like, okay, what am I going to do now? What am I going? And it's, it's really forcing people to go within and to figure out what's going on. What's that program that's underlying all this stuff that I'm feeling or I, I'm not feeling for the most part, what we do in our normal daily lives is just basically trying to uh, somehow suppress what we're trying, what all those icky feelings, I like to call them, underneath. And it's so often that we, you know, we use our jobs, family, relationships, money issues, all like a distraction you know, just to keep us busy and to keep the mind busy. So we don't have to feel those feelings. And I think it's really important. And it wasn't until I actually started releasing my emotions, how liberating that is. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's just, it just it literally feels like a weight lifting off the shoulders.
1: Yeah. And for for me, when I did my retreat work, it was, it felt like it was me excavating a lot of this stuff that was um, stored within. And as soon as I had emptied out enough, um, joy filled the gap right yeah. away, because then I think it would joy fill the gap. I think probably because our soul is like, I'm so relieved to have this off of me, like that, that core part. And you just feel that warmth that starts to emanate from within you. And it's like, wow, like, I feel like I've been removed from part soil and put into a new, a new place where the soil is infinitely fertile and it just nourishes you and it will continue to nourish you and you just can feel like you can grow from there and um and the whole point of that growth is that is that that it's never ending like uh, sometimes as men we think why can't people just accept me how i am well there is that stagnancy that comes from just being that way all the time because then what ends up happening is you're creating a restriction for yourself and we really want to start growing beyond that because um, we're trying to enter into a new age with, where love is more of the priority or the, the the place to be instead of you know the matrix where it just keep, tries to keep you into a state of fear um, demoralizing you and so on and so forth and I think most people just aren't in touch with what really lights them up and yeah. um, but that they can expand from that and that's where uh, our work is so important because we're trying to reignite a part of people that they've Um, they're afraid to reveal.
0: Yeah. I think that's really scary. I I know I just talked uh, yesterday uh, uh, with a lady and we uh, we really discussed that there's a lot of fear around becoming the authentic version of yourself. And I'm, I'm very much that same person. It took me a long time. I was, like I said, I was in the spiritual closet for the longest time. I didn't talk to anybody. I mean, I've been, I've been researching and doing stuff just trying to get my toe into it, but I would never tell anybody that I'm a psychic medium. I wouldn't. I mean, I had people that knew that were my close circle and the very people that I just seemed to. I wouldn't talk about that. But then even doing this podcast was another way of me just opening up and sharing, okay, this is me. No more of this. I mean, I was working <laughs> in television for years and I just felt, and that's the thing about television and it's not all bad. I'm not going to say it's all bad, but for the most part, it's so fucking fake. And the people <laughs> are there. So, it's so fucking toxic. It's just, and it's all those years I spent there just being bullshit. Just, you got to be this person. You got to be this person. And meanwhile, inside yeah. I'm thinking, this so fucking sucks. and I don't really yeah. don't want to fucking sell another goddamn piece of cookware. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> but you know, I mean, there was a lot of great things about it. I, I know I bash a little bit about it, but it's just, I fully understand the, the idea the need to become more authentic and be and speak out and do that. But I wanted to ask you about the emotion code and body code, because I think that's really important because I want people out there who are suffering, who maybe have like this anxiety, maybe are going through depression and uh, maybe they have PTSD and stuff like that. I really want them to kind of know that, Hey, there are these modalities out there and they are available to them. So if you could just kind of touch on the emotion code first, and then we go into the body code. Cause I think we'll start with emotion because I'm a big thing about emotions. I love, I love and hate emotions at the same time. And one of those things like, Oh, I love releasing it, but just going to the icky stuff, it drives me nuts. Like, it's like, oh, again, I got to deal with that shit. Like it's just coming up, but I yeah. want to make sure that people know and empowering them. Cause I really appreciate that when you talk about empowering people to make those, those choices and to see that light, it's amazing. So if you could just talk about the emotion code and just Briefly, what you do with that particular modality?
1: All right. Well, um, when I when I was being presented to it, um, it was uh, just allowing the body to respond in yes and no. So learning about that and trying to find uh, whether there's an imbalance and how they can find congruency. So um, we would have the person be standing up on stage, and if um, uh, if they say well, my name is. Say if it was me on stage, my name is Nelson. My body would sway forward. If my name, I'm saying my name is Pokemon. My body would sway backward, right? Because that isn't congruent. So the field can actually push and pull you. So it's and, like a,
0: it's it's kind of like a your body instead of like it's it's a way of muscle testing in some ways. Like you give me a yes, yeah. give me a no. Yeah. But instead except of using the, the whole field, body,
1: except yeah, you, yeah, you can you can also use like finger tests and you can use uh, arm tests where you're you're trying to see you know if you're putting extending you're your arm out and you want to find out. If, if it's strong or if it's weak, right? So there's that involved. And that's just a guide through the process of going through this chart. So okay. when we're looking at this chart here and we have all wow. these emotions on the list, right? Now, okay. this is just, this is tip of the iceberg for the work that I do. I've expanded to um, I, I, five times what the amount of, variances and frequencies of emotions that there are okay now okay nelson
0: just just, i'm just trying to i don't i don't mean to interrupt you i know you're in the flow but um for i have this on a an audio podcast too so um for those listening you did put up a, a list of emotions stuff like that can you just kind of just briefly read through these emotions that you kind of work with so that the audio list uh, listeners uh, will kind of understand what's going on.
1: Sure, absolutely. So let's say if you have the heart. Um, so if it's in row one, um, column A it would be abandonment, betrayal, love unreceived. If it was in column B, it'd be heartache, insecurity, vulnerability. Um, and these are all excessive levels of these emotions, right? So if you were to experience like a one or a two out of 10, you'd probably be able to process that on the spot. But when we get into something that's really big, it's hard for us to let it flow. So what ends up happening is because we decide not to let it flow, we keep it in. And um, it's important for us to let those emotions flow. So uh, in, other, in other rows, you know, there's there's six rows, two columns, A and B. And let's say if it wasn't the glands and sexual organs, there would be unhealthy pride, shame, unworthiness. Uh, if it's in column A, jealousy, overwhelm, humiliation. So. Um, it sounds like so you're reading
0: true. my therapist notes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like, hey, so, but I know that. I, yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. I know that one. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's me. Yep. So that's the beautiful thing about this is that um, with emotion code, I'm not asking the person to allow the subconscious to reserve to surface uh, unpleasant things on the spot and have them like go there and X ex- and, and, and dive deep into there and let things surface that they can grab and bring up the conscious awareness the body just sort of says, okay, this is what is ideal for you to release. So it takes the whole effort out of looking for or waiting for stuff that's unpleasant to surface. So we just say, okay, so you have abandonment, um, uh, let's say at 28, because you broke up or you had a divorce with your wife. Right. Um, yeah. and you had to leave her because of you know narcissistic behavior that sort of thing. Um, so we go under that and then, um, or maybe they left you, um, and then we go and find out. Okay, so uh, did we? Is there more than one of abandonment that we need to release today? More than two? And the body would then respond accordingly. There is more than one. Okay. There is more than two, because later on down the road, if you want to go into another relationship, the soul's saying, "You want another relationship? I know you want one, but you can't have a fear of abandonment."
0: Yeah,
1: right. So yeah. you want to be you want to be feeling trustworthy in the next person that you can trust them, and then using your intuition to say this is the right person at the right time. So when we 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 request you know what is the amount of intention that's going to be required to release uh, either the trapped emotion of abandonment or maybe even a really distinct abandonment. Let's say you're you're one of your parents leaving the family because it's just not working out in the home and they abandon you and you have that really yeah. strong resonance of abandonment you're struck with for like days and days and days. Um, some of that stuff requires more effort to release, yeah. and so when we find out well, how much intention is going to be required to release it. It's all about asking how many times we have to trigger the somatic nervous system, again mm-hmm. and again, while we verbally request the release of the trapped emotion or the resonance of the abandonment
0: from Every those event. times
1: of our lives. And yeah. as we release that, if the surf- if the memory surface up, I tell them just allow it to surface because we're it's the energy that we're releasing. And then once we're done, it will likely fade away. And then yeah. that's it, and we can move on. And then we can allow the body to confirm whether or not that is in the process of being released in its entirety. Once yeah. that's done, the person doesn't have to think about it anymore. It's not there. No, it, it takes some time to go. because integrate, any, any, yeah. yeah, so there's going to be like, how do I say this? Um, there is such thing as bio photons, right? Yeah. So therefore, there is in the ether of our body, there is in uh, there is energy stored in there so it takes time for it to percolate out so as we do some light walking afterward or we ground then uh, that stuff is being essentially jettisoned uh bit by bit over the course of maybe five or six or seven days by the time you hit that time you feel lighter you feel a little bit more if you're losing if you're releasing abandonment you're going to not feel as closed off you're going to feel you're going to feel safe to open up again
0: yeah and that's, empty. you know, it's interesting you talk about that. That's one of my, one of the core issues I had to deal with. Uh, you know, my father passed away when we were, I was really, really young, but prior to that too, as well, I was hospitalized because I, I had to deal with a lot of childhood uh, health issues when I was you know, very, very young. Um, so I was uh, in hospitalized for pneumonia. So um, but my parents were, I just remember being sick, waking up in the oxygen tent and, uh, this is in the, again, the seventies and my parents weren't around. Right. So as a child, as a young child, like, I mean, that was terrifying. So there was that abandonment there. And then the next year, my father dies of cancer. So that really was ingrained into the subconscious mind of abandonment. So I always had a fear of, of relationships with that. Cause I just could not connect. I just, I just, there was a part of me, even though I, that soul, like you're saying, it was just a definite part of it. I could not connect. I just, it just, as much as I tried, like, no way, no, I can't. Nope.
1: It yeah. just blocked off. Because some of the emotions start to start to fuel certain thought forms. Like for example, if you have abandonment, uh, then it's like, no, one's there for me. Yeah. Right. Because you might repeat that in your psyche while you're actually experiencing this sense of loss of connection. No one's supporting me. No one's there for me. And that feeds into future because what we say and what we're thinking, often enough, it somehow manifests into our reality. And it as it creates a pattern, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's the thing we want to address is we don't want to create that self-fulfilling prophecy. We want people that are going to, we want to invite people and embrace people that want to love and support us and nurture us and be there for us in our most difficult times. But if we say, it's okay, I'm going to get sick and then no one's going to be there for me. Uh-uh. No, that's got to stop. We got to reverse that. And that's one thing I like about my work is that it's, I've learned, it's not just about releasing the emotions. It's about addressing the thought forms and then reversing them towards states where, you know what, there are many people in the world out there that truly empathize and they truly care and they want, they want to be there for me because they're going to see my value in their life and they want to support me so that I can reciprocate later on.
0: Yeah, that's really important. So, um, Nelson, if have just touched briefly on thought forms because there's a lot of people who are new to my channel and stuff like that. And sometimes they don't always have, um, you know, when you hear these kind of weird things, like what's a thought form, you know, because I've you know, had like comments, like I've heard this, this, this thing on thought forms. What is it? What is it? What is it talking about? So just talk about uh, what a thought form is for, for people who are listening.
1: All right. So emotions are uh, energy requiring a neurological program. So what ends up happening is that now it needs an outlet to channel into a imagined um, reality. And what ends up happening is, is that that visual that we create within our mind can then become form moving forward. So thought form, meaning what you visualize as a reality comes into form as you put more energy into it.
0: Okay. That makes, that uh, makes total sense. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, they always talk about how, what you think about, you bring about in, in so mm-hmm. many ways. You know, it's yeah. kind of simplistic form. So from now, from the motion code to the body code, how much different? Now, it's just very body specific. So it deals with people who are more have physical ailments versus the emotions. But I know emotions are very much attached to the physical body anyway. So and a lot of times that could actually cause the physical symptoms. So mm-hmm. is, is the body code part of your um, technique Is that just specifically for like somebody has like a bad back or knees or, you know, heart condition or something like that? Is it specifically for that?
1: Well, it it does expand and allow more detailed. um, How do I say this? Body code would be like the clinical version of energy healing where, because it's made by a doctor and he brings in his. Um, like whether it's the spinal system, the muscular system, the endocrine system, the nervous system, um, and he integrates um, all the systems into the the program. So if we wanted to find out that um, someone had uh, shame uh, and ostracized and uh, belittled and um, humiliated, and all of that was trapped in the metatarsals of their foot, which is an experience that I had I had with a client of mine that I both had at the uh, metaphysical show and then later helped him out. furthermore. Um, What was funny was that when we discovered that all of this stuff was in and he couldn't, he couldn't really walk on his foot. He was um, clinically disabled. Like he could Uh barely put enough uh, pressure on his foot and he had issues regarding um, his um, I think, it was it was mental. Um, he also had some uh, challenges regarding being accepted by family for his impediments and his disability, and um, he, I guess he was made fun of in school and and at home with you know cousins and so on and so forth. And um, m- maybe he just curled up into a ball and had his hands around his feet and just could channel that energy into a certain part of his to, to where it was stored. And lo and behold, we start releasing these things and. He was at a nine out of 10 on the pain scale before he met me. And then within about, I would say 30 minutes, we released about, I think, six or seven trauma energies from the foot, from the metatarsal wow. and the tendons. And then about 15 to 20 minutes later, he came back to the booth and he goes, it feels so much better. Um, I, I, I go, if you were given give it a number out of 10, what did it feel like? Like a five or a six. So if wow, you can get a from a difference. nine to a five or a six with just a few, I think later on down the road, I think months later, I, you know, I reached out and said, how are you doing? And uh, did you want some more? And since he was on disability, he didn't have a lot of money. So he just paid what he could. And I accepted that. And we, we worked on it some more, we released another 15 to 20 trauma energies. Wow. that's and, fantastic. Um, and by the end of it, I, he, he re- replied back in about a week and he goes, I can finally walk no problem on that foot. And the only time it soars is at the end of the day. Wow, just, yeah, just
0: from repetitive stuff like that. And it's amazing because his whole body has to shift and change and and change because his gait has been like that, that particular gait for so long, so the body has to readjust. But that's mm-hmm. amazing because that's, you know, there's such a new thing with energy psychology. It's the new, I think it's the new way of going. You know, I spent a lot of time in therapy and a lot of uh, traditional therapy and and it was good and it really got me to a certain place. But as, as I noticed more, when they started involving like, EMDR and EFT and things like that, it just changed my therapy. Like it went from like, okay, this is okay. Just keeping me sane. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to go over the edge and do something really Mm -hmm. stupid. But till then it was like, man, I started feeling release and I could feel the emotions. And I just thought, man, this, this is the way to go. So it was like, okay, forget about the other crap. Just whatever. It's like, give me the EMDR, give me the EFT. Let's, let's not do this other kind of talk stuff, you know, which is, it's nice. But yeah. for the most part, I, you know, energy psychology releasing, because it's all about that stored energy. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza and his work, and he always talks about that stored energy and how it gets trapped in the body, but uh, in the vibration, but I think it's fabulous um, that you're doing. So do you have certain techniques um, within the, your system of, of uh, motion code and body code that deals with um, anxiety and PTSD specifically, or is it just an overall where i mean do you target things specifically let's say somebody comes in for anxiety or they have ptsd or they're, you know their depression do you have something specific that you do for them or is it just well, you know, let's figure this out and the,
1: the beauty of this is that um the the body already knows uh what layer needs to go first yeah that's so bed. true yeah, so, that's so i true. don't really have to act you know i don't really have to like they can, they, they can say, I, I'm having issues regarding anxiety. Uh, I have a lot of pent-up fear. And anxiety is about preparing for stuff. So um, people could have adverse experiences regarding um, anxiety-related emotions. There could be dread, there could be terror, there could be uh, panic, there could be nervousness, there could be, uh, what else is there, um, regular fear. Um, there could be a horrible experience they want to avoid, um, conflict. Um, even being wishy-washy where they're like, you know, weak backbone because they don't know how to deal with things. So there's a lot of contributing factors that can emphasize the the feeling of anxiety, but anxiety is just saying, get prepared. And right now we're feeling a lot of it because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We're feeling it right now. So, um, but being prepared, what the body is going to tell me is it's going to tell me what emotions are contributing to it, whether it be apprehension, um, hesitation that sort of thing and as we release all the different types of fear related emotions that fuel the anxiety um, mindset then what ends up happening is a person starts to feel like they can be relaxed within themselves after about a week's time if i release a lot at once what ends up happening is that they have a rise and a fall and it's sort of like a roller coaster the first couple of uh, ups and downs the first couple of days but then what ends up happening is is that they um, they then start to, the, the roller coaster starts to get a little less, um, uh, what do you call it, volatile. And then they get into a state where it's a higher vibrational state, which means um, they can feel more empowered and more, what's the word for it, more focused. They can kick in their noradrenaline more to be more clear on what needs to be done. Yeah. They can write out their less. They don't have to worry about, but what if that, but what if? Component doesn't really rise up. It's like this just needs to get done. These are priorities, and then I give them and I do this other thing on the side. Then I give them their um, their way where they can use their intuition to determine what would be the priority. So you could even they can even use a sway test, for example. What needs to get done first right now? Is it option one, option two, option three? And when they let go of thinking about what needs to be done first and let their body respond. Yeah. It takes the whole thinking out of the equation. It just gets to the point where it's like, okay, my body's saying I got to do number two first. So you go and do number two and that's it. that's it. And if there's like, you got a list of like 20 things on your list, you're probably not going to get them all done that day, but the yeah. body will remind you. Okay. So these are the things that I think you should work, work on first. And as you do that um, you're letting go of what needs to be done first, because then like you could have still underlying worries but what, but what if I don't do number 10 today, what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Right. So if the body, if you take, if you just let go and let the body decide, your intuition decide, it just makes it easier. And then when you're, when the body, when you ask the body, is there anything more that I can, that I should do today? And it says, no, you can accept that. Yeah. And say, I can now rest. And the body will say, yes, you can now rest. Like finally, and, thank you. Yes. and yeah. And then that way you're, it's almost like, um, that whole monkey mind is now being quieted because now the new authority is the body yeah. and it's not the mind or the brain. So yeah. it, 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 there's that, um, but releasing all the contributing emotions is the important thing um, and regarding the emotion, uh, anxiety because uh, nowadays we're all trying to be prepared for everything because um, we don't want to fail or uh, fall flat on our butt or on our face uh, and, and, and then be humiliated because we weren't prepared for a question. Um, if the body knew what was coming later that day or within a two, three days, then you can then take note of that and say, my body has got my back. My body knows and supports me so that I am prepared for what's coming. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, I didn't know that that person was going to ask me that question at the meeting, but I already knew because I took that that, that step. That was a priority step. My body said to do it. And it prepared me ahead of time, even though I didn't know that was going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's almost like, again, it's like that new program, that subconscious mind and the soul are getting together and they're kind of going, yeah, let's fix this out. Let's let's get this thing together yes. and, and go forward on that. That's fantastic. Mm. I, you know, it's I always love hearing this stuff. I mean, I can't get enough of it. And that's kind of why I, I love this podcast, because I get to talk to you about all these great techniques. We get to um, expose people to these techniques that are available to them. And I think that's really important at this time in this crazy era of all this high stress and in, in uh, fear and all that different things. And I think it's really important that you're doing. So, um, do you do work with kids too, as well, or is it mainly adults? Cause I think, you know, if you can get the kids at an earlier stage, if they had some type of, you know, trauma, stuff like that, get that out of their bodies, get that out of their little bodies first, and then they can have, you know, normal life. They don't have to wait till 45 or 50. Um, you know, like, like the rest of us have a, you know, have a midlife crisis before we realize, yeah, we need to get this fixed. (laughs) My life's shit. I need to, I need to figure, I don't know what's going on, but I think that's, I think, you know, helping the kids first deal with that stuff, it's just going to make them healthier adults. And then we're going to have a healthier society. I think that's uh, where I'm going with this.
1: Well, um, I I have worked on a a few kids and, uh, and this might sound a little woo for some of the people watching, but um, some of the that's parents, okay. that's okay. To...
0: It's part, it's part of a woo channel we're on. <laughs>
1: um, so they sometimes ask me if there's anything that, um, we need to, re- like the parents, because they do work with me and, and I tell them, I can you know work on your kids if you like. And, um, and I'll, and I'll submit a list of things that, uh, that they went through and the, and the parents will verify. Yeah. Yeah. That was a horrible day. And, uh, uh, when he was like, uh, six or seven going to school and the kids making fun of him because his ears took out too much, that sort of thing. Um, and so I can request the release with the consent of the parent or I can provide the information to the parent and the parent can administer the release themselves. Because okay. how do I say this? The universe is all ether, all intelligent. Um, we can connect to that intelligence and it needs to take a moment to request a secure connection to these little ones and um, with the consent of the parents and generally i think any person can tap into anybody and find out what their issue is emotionally but you can't help that individual unless someone's given consent so if it's the parent giving the consent for a kid around 12 or under then great i can then provide the information they could administer it themselves onto the child. I'll let them know how much intention is going to be required to trigger the, mer- the meridian system of the body. Cause that's what you're doing. You're triggering the meridian system of the body. Okay. And, um, and they, they, they come back to me and they say, wow, like she's a lot calmer. And she, and, and, or before she didn't want to join soccer, there was a little bit of apprehension and anxiety, but like two weeks later, she's calling me and say, dad, I want to try out for soccer. Um, and it's like, because that sense of motivation and confidence is back saying, no, you know, what's really holding me back. You know nothing. I don't have that thing holding me back that um from you know me playing a physical sport that could be a little bit of contact with other people. I don't feel afraid of getting hurt. I, I'd want the adventure of maybe scoring a goal. Right. Yeah. So so there's that. Um but there's also issues regarding um unconscious kids in the classroom and unco- and and some kids are ultra sensitive. So yeah, they can pick sure. up on other people's emotions. And so what we want to do is we want to definitely not only release yeah, yes. me. <laughs> we that's want to my... release, but we, we also definitely want to empower the parents by giving them information regarding the emotions and what they're trying to say. And when we give the children the necessary information about what are the emotions are trying to say, whether it be sadness, anger, shame, um, fear, or even uh, excess happiness, because we can have that too. <laughs> um, we want to um, inform them say, let's say if it's anger, if someone has made you angry, uh, is there something you're trying to defend? Like, are you defending your integrity, your self-respect? You have to sound You want to establish those boundaries, and that's what anger is trying to tell you. You need to say no. You need. To say, this is. I'm not going to tolerate this behavior. Um, and if you don't stop, I'm going to inform an authoritative, an authoritative figure in the school to address that. And then maybe if you don't, don't stop, it'll bring it to your parents and then maybe they'll have to address it in the home. So it's important to make sure that we understand what the emotions are saying. Um, and then also choose to release them. And if the children want to cry it out because of their anger and their frustration, their sadness about someone being unconscious to them, we want to let them flow because once we let them flow, the emotion is like, like water. We don't want to dam it up. We want it to flow like a river and once it flows, it's passing. And then we, we have to come back and say, what was the emotion telling us? And then next time around, we're going to address the situation with an appropriate response as opposed to reactionary, which then person gets angered, then they get into a fight, they hurt somebody, and now they feel guilty and ashamed of hurting somebody. We don't want to get to the point where you have to deal with another emotion again. We want to address it but in a way that's going to be win-win for everybody if the kids are given that power that intelligence there would be so many less bullying issues in school
0: right i think so yeah for sure i mean i mean that's just you know as kids we're we're, we're such a we could be horrible people you know you know as adults we're even worse but as kids too i mean a lot of that trauma just bullshit and it's just crazy how how often that can be but and a those, lot of
1: adults haven't grown up either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're just like a bunch of man-childs running around or, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, I've been called a man-child a few times. Yeah. It wasn't until I did my work and then it's like, like, oh, yeah, I guess she was right. Yeah. I was a bit of a man-child, but uh, we all go through those stages, but it's really important. I think uh, to really work with those kids. I think that's the underlying thing and have that, you know, because it's again it's not something that's taught in the school and in the curriculum. I mean, we're slowly, Edu- you're getting educated, you're, you're slowly seeing, you know, a little bit more about emotional intelligence and and that sort of thing, but it's not like a curriculum. I mean, you know, most parents, they just send their, well, I mean, I'm the product of the seventies. I mean, you know, here, let's just take the kids and just throw them in school and we'll leave them at that. I mean, nowadays, like a lot of parents are, you know, their teachers are raising the kids and it's not really the, the whole idea of school. They're supposed to be yeah. educating not you know, not uh, parenting them for sure anyways, yeah. but I think that's fantastic. Now, one of the things I was really interested in, too, as well, you do this thing particularly on uh, on Zoom. It's uh, men escaping the trap and liberating the self. Why don't we be able to talk about that uh, Zoom
1: um, Zoom meeting? Oh, um, it's funny how you mentioned that, because before um, uh, we got started, I actually um, I was thinking about a presentation and um, and. And I actually got the slideshow up on screen just for reference. And uh, that's kind of funny how you mentioned that. Um,
0: Sometimes uh, my intuition just kind of
1: flows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it works so well. So um, in that presentation, um, what I do is I inform men uh, about what the emotions are trying to say and um, understanding that in a way we have two egos. Um, there's the one that will never die that's our soul. And it has yep. an agenda. It has a want and a need to express. Right. And then we have our, um, survival oriented ego, which, um, wants to be safe. Um, also likes to, what's the word, um, to be recognized. Right. Yep. And, uh, and appreciated in that way. um, sometimes it can do it in ways that can be manipulative. <laughs> um, really hmm. never heard that before. <laughs> exactly. Um, But it also talks about, like, once we get into the emotions, then uh, we get into um, the energy field and how things can get mucked up um, because uh, we're kind of like an onion. Like we have a personal bubble, right? Our soul is not in our body. Our soul surrounds our body, right? So we have our personal bubble and and there's layers. And the first one is generally the etheric one. And then you have the next layer up is the emotional one, which is the energy to motivate, so emotive, to motivate something in action, right? And then you have the mind, the mental uh, layer, and then you'll have other layers after that, which we're not going to get into because we're talking about emotions and mental today. Yeah. Um, and so and those areas, because they're the first two areas, we feel the most are the most dense areas. They're not as expansive, but um, they have a lot of a, a strong discharge. So when someone is angry, um it's not just energetic it's also chemical and you see a reaction in the body um and 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 that's the reason why men um and their fathers uh usually because they don't know how to handle what the emotions are trying to say um they just want to like contain and um and so it's that's the worst thing to do is you, you have to understand not contain once you understand what the emotions are trying to say, then you can allow them to be expressed in a way that's not gonna hurt anybody, right? Yeah. You just wanna bring it down back to level, but um, really um, self-examine what's important. And when we get into it, um, we also talk about in, the, in in this process, we also talk the human design system and that everyone's a fingerprint in terms of energy. And there's, and there's Not going to be a single person like you and i ever again in the history of the universe so everyone has a a very unique energy blueprint and so we go into not only understanding the emotions we also understanding um the the centers in which are being are absorbing and giving off signals so um your heart's an organ and it, it it gives you the strength and the fortitude to move towards what you want to accomplish and your your spleen is there to keep you uh, safe internally, so no viruses. or It's a fear-oriented organ. It's meant to be a, really aware and to respond to uh, external um, stimulus that could be harmful. And then toxicity, the liver is there for you to prevent yourself from um, uh, being engaged in a toxic environment. So if you don't, if you feel kind of sick in your in your so, in your solar plexus area when you're in an environment that's just not very um, pleasant to work in, then you're probably picking up on a toxic environment you want to get out of. And there'll be a response there because you can get, you can be unhappy, you can get angry, you can get bitter, resentful in that environment. Yeah, for sure. So, so every energy center is going to give something off and it's just important to pay attention to the feeling, right. And then understand, okay, I'm getting this from my environment. How do I respond? And, and the human design system gives me an understanding of how, one specific person can express can take that information transmute it translate it and then reflect back what needs to be said or done or whatever actions needs to be done so that they can feel like okay i've done what i can do regarding that Um, and the whole point is that once you liberate yourself from all the trauma then you can honor your true expression and not feel apologetic for it because you now understand how to express it in a way that's going to be win-win for everybody. And that's what self-mastery is all about.
0: Yeah, it's a very healthy uh, aspect of that, which is so important, you know, because, you know, men, we don't do emotions well. It's either one or the other. It's very extremely closed off, or we just express it in very, very unhealthy ways and a lot of anger. And uh, for the longest time, I didn't know I was an angry guy, but I was a real angry guy. Just, you know, it it would go from extreme, like I just suppress it because, it actually wasn't even anger. It was even deeper than that. It was more rage. There was a lot of Hmm. deep rage that went in there. And, and if I let that go, I knew where I'd go. And I I was very fearful of that because there was no, there was no middle ground. There was either one to level 300. Like it was going in everything in between. So how often are you doing this uh, zoom event for for us men here? I think it's, I think it's really important that uh, us men, we kind of have to, there's not a, I always say that, you know, we kind of get left out in the wind a lot of times, us men, you know, it's like, we got to figure this out on our own. There's not a lot of community mm-hmm. and things to support for us sometimes. And um, I think this is really a a, really a a quintessential time where we need to have that type of support. And for us guys, because there is a lot of guys out there who are probably hopefully listening to this. And if you guys are, um, and you're looking to, you know, heal those wounds, like, I mean, it's the liberation of that. And it's the, the wholeness and the joy that you can find when you kind of get out of this, this uh I like kind of say the matrix of it or just the 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 program of being a male. Like we're so programmed to be a certain way. You gotta be this, you're a guy, you gotta be this. And I always hate those labels, like you gotta be this. And I never fit into that. I for the since I was a kid, I never fit into the traditional male. I have like I love male stuff. Like I'm a very I love macho shit. I don't mind. I love guns. I love cars, you know, um, you know, I hunt, I fish things like that. I mean, that's, that's who I am, but there's a very deeper, softer side to me too, as well. It's very, you know, that divine feminine, which you talk about, which I have a very good access to. So, um, I think that's great. Now, is this uh, something that is, is it a paid form or is it just open for people who want to join in? How's that work
1: there? Uh, Nelson? Well, at this point in time, I, I'm not charging a thing. And the reason why is because if I can, um, if, if, if men don't feel like they have to um, give up something in order to get something that, that could be really useful, um, they'd be more inclined to do it. Um, and the last thing I want men to feel like is that, is, is that they're going to become more girly as a result yeah. of this. And I'm thinking it has nothing to do with with that at all. It's it's really just about um, self-mastery. That's yeah. all it is. If you want to be able to mitigate the possibility where you can say things you'll regret to the people that you love and then leave yourself if you want to avoid being isolated and left behind and abandoned by the people you love then this is the kind of workshop you want to attend because this is going to help you understand that hey could you do the emotion code on your own? Yes, you can. You can do the emotion code on your own. You simply just download the chart. You do some sway testing. You do some testing first, make sure it's working right. And yeah. then you go through the process. And then I, if I even have an Instagram video that I can link to uh, where people can learn a little bit about it, try it themselves, but eventually you're going to hit a, a point where it's like, okay, enough emotions. Now we got to tackle your thoughts. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: They're both intertwined.
1: Yeah. Yes. And even though I have over a hundred different emotions, I have those emotions can fuel over a thousand different thought forms. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's very difficult for someone to find such information and such a uh, vast array of options where you can isolate, okay, my body's saying, I need to let go of the thought of uh, I'm unworthy or so on and so forth. Um, especially nowadays with um, men thinking that um, no one wants to listen to my problems.
0: Yeah. That's right? so true.
1: That is so and, and true. That's, and it's like, it's then it's not worth talking to it with my family. And I don't even know if I trust my family with these things that I want to bring up because then they might think that I'm unstable.
0: Yeah. That's, that's true. That was one of my biggest fears. Like that's, you know, that was one of the things I loved about therapy. I, I mean, I had to pay somebody to listen to my shit yep. because nobody else would. And that was mm-hmm. one of the things I, I actually loved about therapy. I can just spill and she would just take it. She's like, yeah, okay, let her go. And, that <laughs> was, you know, which was so fabulous. Yes, And, uh, you know, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. I think that's really important, um, you know, from the emotional aspect of the energy psychology. You know, there's so many different things that um, you can work with um, regarding like PTSD, anxiety, depression, all those crazy things that we feel and we go through and the traumas, which is really important. And that being said, Nelson, we're almost out of time, brother.
1: Well, um, in, in regards to PTSD, um, it's all about releasing the energy from the memory. Nice. Once you release the energy from the memory, you can relive the memory like it's a movie and all you are is an audience member. It's almost like s- switching from color to black and white so you're not seeing the gore yeah. involved, yeah, right? That's- um, and that's the thing about um, PTSD. It's, it's so real to relive those things and, and certain noises that just trigger you. But if you remove the energetic triggers associated with the trauma, then whatever those noises or those... Um, specific flashes of light, for example, or those no longer trigger you anymore. You can actually still be able to handle everyday situations and not feel like you have to go into the washroom into a, you know, a, into a, a toilet um, stall and, yeah. and just, you know, and just find a way to get a coping mechanism of breathing to get you back to right. homeostasis again. Yeah. Now it's, you, you don't have to, you don't, you don't even need as many coping mechanisms for that you just yeah. it doesn't it doesn't trigger you doesn't and that's the beauty you.
0: yeah that's you're free yeah and that's that's liberating itself i know i have a few friends that uh had some ptsd issues and they're basically free and there's so much there's their whole life was just a lot of things they couldn't do just because of that ptsd that being said nelson um if somebody wants to get a hold of you where can they find you uh if they want a session um they want to get all this trauma and get all this, just this joy and freedom back in their lives. Where can they find you, Nelson?
1: Well, um, I'm online, celestialwarmth.com. And the okay. only reason why it's called that is because of how I felt inside when I awakened, I felt like a, okay. a sun in even, even my chest. Um, and you can also uh, find me on uh, in Mississauga under Google reviews. So if you look up celestial warmth, you'll find even some reviews there of people that have had fibromyalgia symptoms and chronic pain issues and injuries from sports and so on and so forth, and it's all there. Um, what else is there? You can also you Facebook,
0: uh, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Is it is it on, under Celestial Warmth or is it under
1: your name? Yeah, it's all Celestial Warmth all across the board.
0: Perfect. That's awesome. So, um, I highly recommend it, guys uh, and girls. If you're listening to this, I think it's it's the new way of just getting some of that freedom, that joy back in your life. I think it's really important. It's just, you're gonna just you you're gonna wish you probably did this years ago which is uh, one of the great things. And that being said, Nelson, thank you so much for your time, brother. I really appreciate this. You're bringing so, this to the light there. And like I always say to everybody that's on my show, I hope you are super busy after this. And uh, <laughs> and you called me up, go, geez, I should have not been on that show of yours. Damn it.
1: You know what? Uh, actually, no. Uh, because in the end, um, if I'm spending um, eight hours of my day or five hours of my day, four days a week, just helping people purge, Um, I'll be very happy because, um, if anything, the greatest feeling I can get is making the, the, the world a little lighter, not just weight wise, but also brighter. And, um, that's what we need moving forward in the future. We need a brighter world where people are less afraid to open up and love.
0: Nice. Well, well said. I really appreciate that. And uh, thank you so much. I'm just going to close off the show here. This has been the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott. Thank you so much for joining me today and goodbye for now.